Welcome to Legacy Women's Podcast, where we seek to encourage women in their relationship with God and one another through monthly conversations with the women of Cornerstone Church of Knoxville. All right, well, thanks for listening today, and I'm excited to be interviewing two of our pastors, Bill Kittrell and Jake Simmons, and Bill serves as the lead and primary preaching pastor at CCK, and Jake, among many other responsibilities, provides pastoral leadership for the women's ministry, and so today I'm going to be drawing them out so we can hear their hearts for us pastorally as women, Um, but before we go into those questions, can you start by telling us a little more about yourself? Jake, can you... I'm Jake Simmons, married to Lauren. Uh, it'll be 10 years this July. We have four children, Asher, Vivi, Madeline, and Dane. And I've uh, been serving here at Cornerstone for three years pastorally, and um, wonderful to do that. Where did you grow up? Grew up in Athens, Tennessee, where we just planted the church. So I was born here in Knoxville, and then uh, went down there for the rest of my life. Great. Bill? And Jake was a professional wrestler, too, for seven years. That's what Athens will do to you. I grew up in West Virginia, like Bethany. That's right. <laughs> and our high schools play in the state playoffs Friday night. She doesn't even know that, but care. her dad and I know that. And I married my high school sweetheart, Sherry, whose family's all from West Virginia. And, and we have four kids. Three are in the church here. One is... Um, married and her husband's going to Southern Seminary and they're in the Sovereign Grace Church of Louisville there and we have six grandchildren with the seventh coming in February. Great. Um, Jake, can you share your testimony? So um, came to Knoxville in 2006 to attend the University of Tennessee, was not a Christian and my sister invited me to Volunteers for Christ and uh, which is the campus ministry here at Cornerstone, and was wanting to go, thinking that I'd be finished with that, but then was signed up for their fall break conference, and unbeknownst to me, I was going, and it was at that conference where I heard the gospel, and uh, that Sunday following, I became a Christian, and uh, um, moved into what was called the Pink House with nine or ten other college students, and this church became my home, and uh was discipled here, grew in the faith here, became uh, a man here, met my wife here, and uh, so, so yeah. Great. Well, I wanted to start out just more general. So um, first, I'd just love to hear pastorally just what your heart is for the women in our church, um, what you'd love for their experience to be as they are members here and participate here, and what you would want them to know about the importance of their ministry in the church. Bill, do you want to go first? Don't I get to tell my testimony? We just do one. Oh, just I mean, you can if you, you would like to. I, I was going to say. I, I feel like more people have heard you. I am a believer. <laughs> Good. Let's, let's start and get that out the... on the table. <laughs> I think um, my heart for the women of the church is exactly like my heart for the men of the church. <laughs> we are fighting. Our ministry is to come alongside both the men and the women. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, help them fight for joy in Christ. And so we want Christ to be their treasure. Mm -hmm. And so we want to help. And everything we do is geared toward helping them fight Mm -hmm. for faith and trusting God and fulfilling His calling on their life. Obviously, um, men and women are different. 
And so it looks different, but mm-hmm. at the heart of it, the core is the mm-hmm. same. So, yep, we want to help them treasure Christ. Yeah, I love whenever we welcome new members on a Sunday morning uh, before Bill prays for the for the people joining. He always communicates, I hope this is a decision you look back on with not regretting but with gratefulness to God. And so I think that's that's immediately what I thought of with that question is just that they would see this as a decision they were grateful for, that this would be an experience where their love for Christ only grows, and that's uh, that their relationship with Christ would be deepened, that their their lives would look more like Christ as they as they serve in this local church, and and as Bill said, that's that's both for the the men and the women. So great. Um, so in the summer on the podcast, we did a mini series on mentoring, and then we just recently rolled out our um, new one to one mentoring program. We just talked about the marriage mentors, so we're really emphasizing this as a church. And in Titus 2 specifically, you see where a pastor is telling a pastor to have older women mentor younger women. So I'd just love to hear from you as our pastors why this is important to you that this is happening and what are some of the benefits you've seen? We're, we're grabbing a Bible here. Jake, do you want to start? Yeah, so I, you know, I would say I think this is the, the biblical model. And so I think this is where we see... Uh, God's wisdom in creating the church, and so we we're not called to to live the Christian life by ourselves. And so the beauty of the church is that we are with God's people. Um, and so what I love about um, Titus um, in Titus two, what we see is that um, it is a letter to a church and to a, a pastor of a church where discipleship and godliness and doctrine is being taught and um and so you get a window in to how this can be done and so um where where you see these practices where you see these models uh, portrayed in scripture you want to follow them because you see this is wisdom from above and so this is god's design for that um and so we want to be faithful to what god has because this is his church and this is his his way of doing things is always going to be best Well, I've been in pastoral ministry for a long, long time, over three decades. And, you know, I've thought a lot about how to serve women. And we've seen just so many different ideas come and go. And um, I keep coming back to Titus. Titus is, is a pastoral epistle. And so when you read Titus 2, and Paul is saying to Titus, older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanders or slaves to much wine. They're to teach what is good. And so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. This is not unimportant it's for pastors and churches there really isn't a lot in the new testament telling churches how to do women's ministry and this one really is paul is instructing titus this is what i want to see happening in the local church and so i i think that has a great influence on us and i think uh, the women of our church would like that to be the case because they 
They give authority to Scripture. Uh, but I would also say, uh, as I've watched women relate to women, it, it really is fruitful and helpful and encouraging. And I see young women who really desire uh, this vision, mm -hmm. you know, of having yes. an older woman in their life. And I see older women who just have experience. Mm -hmm. And this is true for men too. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're encouraging men to disciple one another. But, yeah. but, um, but because pastorally, um, you know, we're pastors, but we're men. Having older women mentor women is critical. Mm -hmm. It is so That's important. Right. And um, we thank God regularly mm -hmm. for uh, the effect that this, these, these older women and these relationships have had on our church. They have, they have made a, a massive difference, and mm -hmm. we're, we're very grateful. Mm -hmm. so. That's great. Um, uh, the next question, I just wanted to speak to, um, you know, we have a church that's full of families and we, we really do emphasize that biblical priority of home and family. And, um, but we have people who don't fit that mold. They don't have children, uh, maybe yet, or they're not married. Uh, maybe they're widows, um, empty nesters, maybe they've gone through a divorce. And so I think I'd just love to hear from you guys, just encouraging them as women and their biblical femininity. And then obviously for many, this, this can be a struggle with maybe circumstances they wouldn't have chosen. And so I'd just love to hear how you would encourage them just to fight for faith in those seasons of life. Jake? Well, I... Bill? I, I would, <laughs> you I, nodded to Jake, so... Jake nodded to me. Yeah, about okay. to say, right, about well, to say. Kind of like, I'll let Bill start with that. Yeah, I... As, as a pastoral team, when we look at our, our um, church, we, we're very aware that um, this, this, the season of being a mother is, is uh, short-lived. And, and for many in our church... Um, that's not the season they're in. And so um, what we're uh, focused on and what we would encourage them in is, is the, the calling that any and every woman have. It may or may not include being a mom or a wife for a season, but overall um, the scripture is going to speak to something much broader about for their lives and right. so our focus pastorally um is 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 broader mm -hmm. than wife and mom mm -hmm. and uh it should be obviously in titus when we read titus 2 there there's an emphasis on um you know working at home wife and mom you see that emphasis i don't know exactly why it is communicated like that we want to be faithful to that. We do want to encourage moms and wives. Um, and we do. We try to. We fight for them. We feel like in our culture, there's not a lot of encouragement. And so we would like to be a place where moms feel encouraged in their calling as a mother and, mm -hmm. and a wife feels encouraged in her calling as a wife. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, we realize that, um, you know, we want to. We, we see scripture speaking broadly and yeah. pastorally, yeah. we feel like this mentoring um, model and focus really fits mm 
every woman. That's right. And it can be very helpful for every woman fits into this. So, um, you know, my daughter is in a different church and she's mentoring it, you know, and she's not a mom, but she has a college student that she's mentoring and, mm-hmm. and she's only 28 years old and she has this kind of relationship. So it, it fits all different seasons of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just think even with the question, we want to begin thinking about our biblical femininity begins that we're, that women are created women. And so the, the conversation doesn't begin with what season of life you're in. It, it begins with, okay, men and women are different, and I am a woman, and God has a lot to say about what that means for my life, whether I am single or married, whether I am a mom or not. God has a lot to say to, to both men and women just on the basis of them being a woman. And I think in, a, in, in our world, uh, that's wanting to be neutralized. And so now there's just this wonderful call uh, for married women, for single women to embrace and rejoice in and celebrate the call to be feminine, to be modest, to be self-controlled, to love what God has to say about um, about what it means to be a godly, beautiful woman. And I think there's there's a lot of opportunities for that. And so I think just, I know it can be a temptation to focus on kind of where am I and those unfulfilled desires. But I think when we begin the discussion with, okay, God's created me as a woman, and there's a lot that that he has to say about that. I think when you begin there, it helps and it turns that conversation to uh, to be more God-centered. That's great. Um, what would you say um, just for women who are in that season where they're just struggling with their circumstances? It doesn't just have to be those women. I mean, even people um, in all circumstances, you know, could just be struggling with like, this is not the path I would have chosen. Uh, what would you con- say to just encourage their faith? Main, main thing I would want to say is um, I can relate. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's <laughs> so uh, I have battles that I'm fighting too, personally. And I just don't know anybody that's not fighting mm-hmm. for joy in Christ. Right. And life is difficult. And some people are experiencing seasons of prosperity. Uh, it seems like the majority of people have difficulty of one form or another mm-hmm. and if they don't they will have yeah. and so i i can relate i know what it is to be discouraged i know what it is to wonder about my calling i know what it is to wonder um, about whether it's worth it to be faithful to the lord mm-hmm. and i i know what it is to to Try to be faithful and be confused and and wonder and be attacked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what I would encourage, I think the watershed moment, and I'm borrowing that term from an article I read this morning by John Piper. I just thought it was perfect. The watershed moment for people is, do you think the Bible is God's word? Mm-hmm. And will he use that in your life? Mm-hmm. And is it? the source of wisdom and truth, mm. is it sufficient? Yeah. And so for me, I love the Word of God. Mm. And I would encourage people mm. to dig in 
to the word. And I think our most important women's ministry is every Sunday morning when we turn our attention as a congregation to the word of God Mm -hmm. and we focus on the word and then we go out that door together as a congregation. We're all seeking the Lord and Mm -hmm. we, we have a high view of his scripture. So I can relate and I encourage them to plow into God's word and it will bear good fruit. And I just think from Sunday, Bill, your your comments and your focus about don't take the shortcuts. You know, I think in these moments where there there are those unmet, unfulfilled desires, man, there's so many different paths that you talked about that we could walk on. And so I just think with this, what you're saying, just stay the path of God's word, of God's wisdom, trust in him, look to him. Don't, because the world, I mean, we're just, we live in a place where there are those shortcuts that we could take and maybe get more instant gratification by just trusting that God, His path, and what He's called us to is, is going to be the better path and it's going to lead to truer uh, fulfillment, uh, whatever that may be. Um, so, and I just think this church, I've seen, I'm grateful for this church, how they rally around. I think of, you know, the widows in our church and just how. You know, they have been, it's a hard season, but just that's where the church is such a gift because the church just rallies around you and they serve you and they're there to care for you and and to walk this out. So you're not alone. And so that's always helpful to remember. That's great. Um, Well, Bill, your comments actually are a perfect segue to the next question, which is about God's word. I mean, if, if I know anything about you men, it's that you do want the people in our church to know and love God's word. Um, and so I'd just love if you can share maybe just some more practical, you know, this is your area, you know, God's word, you've been studying it a long time, just practical ideas for women who maybe are newer believers or just like, I want to understand what I'm reading better. Um, could you just give us some ideas for that? I know that's a whole lecture <clears throat> in and of itself, but we now, actually have plenty of time. So <laughs> I, I would encourage uh, people, and I would encourage them to uh, have an ESV study Bible. Uh, and I say that <laughs> I just brought bought my third one, I think. Um, and it's so helpful. I'm very impressed with the ESV, and I don't get like money if you buy <laughs> okay, ESV. This is not yeah. a promotion. We don't yeah. we don't make money if you make. <laughs> Buy an ESV study Bible. It's just a great study Bible. I like mm-hmm. the translation, the ESV. It's not the only one. There's other good translations. There's other good study Bibles, but this one is really good, mm-hmm. and it's solid. And I would encourage some program to read systematically through the Bible. In the back of the ESV study Bible, they have several different options for you. What I do, I get a new Bible. I get a pen and I read every book and I can tell where I've read because I've underlined it and I read by writing. So, I mean, I understand by writing. So it's important to me to under, under, if you saw my Bibles, they're just all written up. That's not for everybody, but sometimes when I do the Bible through the year thing and stuff, I can find it bogs down for me and I'm desperate for God's word. So I like the freedom of being able to go, you know, today is not the day for Leviticus. I'm sorry. <laughs> I believe it's God's word and it benefits us. But today, you know, I'm going to go here and not feel like I'm going to get behind. Mm-hmm. But that, that program really works for some people. Mm-hmm. But, but the, 
ESV study Bible, what I will do is I'll say, okay, I'm going to read, like right now I'm reading Romans. This morning I read Romans 6. I'm slowly going through Romans. Mm -hmm. And what I will do is I'll get the ESV study Bible and I'll read the introduction, which is like five pages long. It gives you great background, all kinds of themes. Here's what to look for. Then I'll plow into chapter one and it has all kinds of notes at the bottom. Listen, you could spend at a month in the book of Romans in the ESV study Bible and you don't have to have, I've got what, 500 commentaries in my <laughs> office. And, but I, I go to, on a regular basis, the notes in the ESV study Bible. So I main thing I would want is for every woman to be digging into God's word on somewhat of a systematic way. Mm-hmm. Learn to, I, I commend Cornerstone U. Yeah. Uh, Kent Caps is doing a great job mm-hmm. of teaching people how to read their Bibles. We try to do that as we're doing expositional preaching. So we're going through books. We're going through 1 Samuel uh, right now. And we're trying to teach people how to put their Bibles together. So a couple weeks ago, I went from, you know, 1 Samuel 22 to Psalm 57 to say, oh, in Psalm 57, David was talking about 1 Samuel 22. So people can, oh, this guy that we're reading about wrote Psalms, you know. And so um, I would encourage them to have some sort of way where, you know, you know, at least regularly, yeah. they are reading the Bible and benefiting from it. And if they're not, um, they can talk to a pastor. I would love to talk to people mm-hmm. and just try to encourage them um, on how to benefit from Scripture. And I think you should share on that because I think you love God's <laughs> Word. So I think, Bethany, you yeah. could, you know, talk about that. What, what about you, Jake? Well, I was going to ask you, but I love when you... When you talk about this too, you always go to here's the goal. So I love when you you you're kind of talking about your you have a specific thing you're seeking to do in your devotions, and I just love I would love to hear for you to share more about just wanting to enjoy fellowship with God, right? And yeah, just mm-hmm. I think your heart there is just it's yeah. helpful to know where are we going, what's the yep. end goal here. So I would love to hear you talk more just on that as well. And that's where prayer comes in. So. I, uh, what I do and what I would encourage people to do is begin with reading scripture and then I kind of springboard from that into prayer and know how to pray. So learn how to pray. Mm-hmm. And I've done how to pray several times in Cornerstone News. I'm mm-hmm. sure we'll do it again. And, um, but you need to know how to pray. And so, but the, the great treasure of the kingdom, mm-hmm. okay, is access to God. It's fellowship with God in Christ. That's the great treasure that the gospel brings us. Mm -hmm. And so I love fellowship with God. Mm -hmm. I think this church is filled with people that that love fellowship with God. And Mm -hmm. Sunday morning, there's a special promise of fellowship with God. That's right. That's why you should never neglect to meet on a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. You don't want to miss. Jake is right when he says it's the best day of the week. And this is why, because Jesus said, wherever two or three gather together in my name, I'm right there in their midst. When the church gathers, mm-hmm. he's there and there's a special blessing. I love personal devotions. And Sunday morning can kind of be like a work day for me. <laughs> but I love it. Um, I've learned to enjoy that blessing. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but it's it's difficult because I'm always focused on other things and mm-hmm. and um, but uh, what we're after. So this morning I'm reading Romans six. I am enjoying mm-hmm. fellowship with God in Christ. That's the right. Spirit is present, and there's he he is the author of Scripture, mm-hmm. and he works through his Word. And then you springboard from that into prayer and you know, confessing to God our dependence mm-hmm. on God, preaching the gospel to ourselves and reminding ourselves of why we have access right. to, to God through Christ and praising God and thanking God and confessing our sins to God and then, then, then the great asking Him for help, okay? Yeah. So I every single day I'm going, that's an answer to prayer, that's an answer to prayer, that's an answer to prayer. I believe in prayer. And then when I end my prayer time, I always thank the Lord in advance for answered prayers. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I could go on for hours about this. So. <laughs> no, but I, I, I just, I've heard you say that multiple times, but it never gets old. And I think that's where... If we're if we're missing out, if you forget, where is this headed? Where what are we trying to get to? Um, you can get bogged down into what do I need to go to? How do I need to do it? But I think when I hear you, it's like, oh, I want to enjoy God. I just I want I want that morning. I want to walk away. I want to fight for joy and in a way that doesn't replace grace. You know, that wants to embrace the the grace of God, motivated by the gospel, and a and a hunger. For, for God's word and faith that, that God's going to meet me. And even on a Sunday morning, you know, we want to come in excited and anticipating that God is going to be with us and I want to hear from the Lord. And um, so I just, I've, I've appreciated both Bill's teaching on that, but also his example. And um, so, yeah. One thing I would add, if I can, would be the importance of fellowship with other Christians. Um, it is a it is a means of grace to help us in this area. So I would say to women, speaking to women in particular, I would say you need to have fellowship with other believers. And I am so thankful that we have a rich community at Cornerstone, and it is just so fun to observe. Um, but there's always people that are lonely or people that are, you know, lacking fellowship. And I would just say to any woman, um, don't hold back, push in there. If you're in a community group, go to your community group leader and say, I lack fellowship with other believers. I want, mm-hmm. I want fellowship. If you're married, you can go to your husband. And first of all, I'd say, I want fellowship with you. I want, I want and you can, you can die on that mountain. You can fight for that. You can you can insist, hey, we should be having, we want to have fellowship. We want that to be a rich part of our marriage. If you have fellowship, you know, you're enjoying fellowship with the Father and sharing that together with your spouse, mm-hmm. you're going to have a good marriage. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really going to make a difference in your marriage. And then, but if you're not married, then have finding other Christian women that, and they don't have to be your same age, and they don't have to both mountain bike, and you know, <laughs> yeah, you don't have right. the same interests. You know, f- just mm-hmm. they love Christ, and you love Christ. You can enjoy fellowship. That's right. Take initiative, mm-hmm. and meet people in the community groups. Plug into the legacy opportunities. Sunday morning, look around. 
and say, hey, could we get a cup of coffee and, yeah. and bring our Bibles and sit down and share Christ together? That's what fellowship is. It'll make a it'll make a huge difference. And if you strike out and you're like, man, I just can't seem to find fellowship with anybody, you come and talk to me and Jake. <laughs> yes, we please. will. I guarantee you, I will not let the year go by without you having fellowship. Yep. In fact, you will complain because I will have your phone <laughs> ringing off the hook. All right. Well, we'll take that to the bank. Um, <laughs> uh, well, that's great. That's really, really helpful. Um, well, just to end, can you relate some ways that you're just encouraged as you observe the lives and faith in the women of our church? Yeah, I think for me, I mean, just even this past Saturday, we had our um, legacy morning and I was able to be there. And um, just even after being able to to share my heart for that, just talking and seeing that there are so many women there, and I think there is a hunger. Uh, we don't, you don't have to pull women's teeth to come to enjoy just good teaching and fellowship. And so, uh, I would just say that it's encouraging to pastor here and to pastor the women of this church. Um, there is um, an appreciation uh, for the local church. There's an appreciation, I, I would say. Um, for the means of grace of being together. And uh, this, this church is filled with women who serve in significant ways and do so joyfully, um, who are modeling uh, what it means to be a godly woman, whether it's a Sunday morning, a Cornerstone U, um, that we had a corner, Cornerstone U for marriage night. The place was packed. And so it's just there are these, these moments as pastors we just do couple of announcements we invite folks but the room is packed and so that just shows that there is a hunger a desire a thirsting uh, for teaching and and so I just we don't take that for granted as a pastoral team and I don't take it for granted and just aware um, that that is just God's grace at work uh, in this local church so yeah I I just it's hard to put it into words um, faithful women who love God and His Word have built this church, and they we just wouldn't exist without them. That's right. And I'm so, so very grateful. I I think the thing that inspires me the most is the women I think about who have experienced suffering, mm-hmm. and it's just humbling when you're with them and you realize, man, they are living for the glory of God in spite of the fact that they're walking through adversity. They are rejoicing in their suffering, and Amen. it just means everything to me. Those are the, you know, th- these are women that come up to me after I preach a message on a Sunday morning, and they're encouraging me mm. and thank me. And I'm like, lady, you have no idea. Mm. Uh, mm. You are ministering to me far more than I will ever minister to you. Mm. And it happens to me Sunday after Sunday. And and I, you know, I I am so grateful for the mothers. And these little kids are a pain. <laughs> and I, that's why I try to commend them because I'm watching them like they're tired. They're war- mothers with young children. Mm. And um, my wife, you know, we are empty nexters, whatever that means. And I mean, our children are gone and got this huge mausoleum we live in together, quiet, empty. Uh, but she is always encouraging me at what a, what a challenging sis- uh, season that is. Uh, but we are just grateful mm-hmm. for all the different ways. Um, like I said, it's hard to put it into words, but mm-hmm. we're just affected by all the different 
ways that women serve, mm. but their example, mm. uh, their love for Christ, mm -hmm. their passion, mm -hmm. um, it is, I am profoundly grateful for that. Mm. Well, thanks so much, guys. This has been very encouraging, a lot to process and think through, and we're just very thankful for you guys as well, and thanks to everyone for listening.